that was me last night, so I literally can't even judge you because bless bless Bless. hey guys thanks for tuning in to another episode of my not so balanced life podcast i'm Allie, and i'm natalie and it definitely shouldn't have taken us this long to record the intro so grab a snack and let's chat Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. We are here with two very special guests. Brooke, I'm sure you've heard me talk about her on the podcast before. Brooke is on my team um, and she is an amazing coach and she's doing the most. And she's got a promotion at work. with the most. Bless the promotion. Um, And we have her boyfriend, her partner, Alex, on the podcast too, which I'm very excited to have on here. You know, it is Pride Month, so it's just like, what better time than the present? So Alex and Brooke, if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, the mic is yours. Hey there. Um, my name is Brooke, and obviously Alex is here with me. We are both 31. Um, we live in Noonan, Georgia, and... Um, we're just happy to be here and help celebrate Pride Month and be on y'all's podcast. This is exciting. Well, we're definitely happy to have you here to say the least. Yeah. So. Hey guys, my name is Alex. I am 31, as Brooke said. Um, new to the Atlanta, Georgia area. Brooke was born and raised here. Uh, I'm actually from Ohio, uh, born in Dayton, but most recently in Cleveland, Ohio, um, O-H-I-O and <laughs> oh wait a second is that an ohio state thing that is ohio state oh hold on i know something about dayton ohio they're really big in like flag core like the marching like the flags i think the nationals are held there or something yeah. yes i do know that because my hairdresser was like i think he's from dayton ohio too <laughs> i don't think like dayton in general is big in flag core but just the nationals are held there oh okay okay so I have some beef with Ohio State because my brother-in-law is a big Ohio State fan and he just thinks they're the bee's knees and I really disagree on that but (laughs) conversation for another day there you go or or never or never (laughs) (laughs) you would know about a flag court court uh fact though Allie with all your band geek days Okay, listen, you wish you were as talented as me to be able to read music, memorize, march, and play an instrument. Okay. 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 All right. Oh, Lord. Sorry, Alex. This is what what you were expecting or no? This is all. No, but it makes it less pressure for me, so I'm good about that. I told you. It's just, it's, you know, it's whatever it's whatever i feel like we should all be drinking those margaritas though i mean yeah. i should have made you guys one and then just yeah. had four on my desk to drink from in <laughs> in your honor <laughs> yes that sounds like really unfair kind of situation oh let me make all these cocktails and then have them all for myself no but for real we brought alex and brooke on the podcast because it is pride month and I have been toying with this idea, like I've, you know, like, I feel like everything is very, everything is a very delicate situation, a very delicate topic, right? You never want to say the wrong thing or, or approach something 
in the wrong manner. And Alex is a transgender and we are going to dive into that and what that looks like and what his, you know, life and mind and like what all that is about. Now, I don't know how to politically correct go about this. And I don't even know if what I said was like, okay, but I'm trying to, to learn and I'm trying to, um, just understand, you know, with everything going on right now, it's just, it's really important for me and, and obviously for this podcast and for Natalie too, to, you know, bring a lot of people on the podcast that have a different perspective and different lives and different, just everything and, and have their perspective known because there might be somebody else listening to this podcast. That's like going through something that you've been through or, or doesn't really know what they're feeling, if that's normal or if it's okay or, or whatever the case is. So I'm just so thankful that you guys agreed to come on the podcast and kind of share a little bit of yourselves on here. And, you know, Alex, you're very open about, um, being transgender on your Instagram. And, um, it just, it's really inspiring and it's really cool to see like how open you are about it. And it's not to say that most people aren't, but you're the way you come across is just like, this is me. This is who I am. And I, I admire that a lot. Um, so if you kind of want to tell us a little bit about how, I don't want to say like how your journey started, but like, how, <laughs> do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, no, growing up to like how you, you know, when you realized or what the, the metamorphosis was. Yeah. No, honestly, uh, thank you for having us on, letting us be a part of this conversation. Um, I don't think that you could ever ask the wrong question. A lot goes into just wanting to know and to understand the topic and just to realize that not everybody's the same. We all, we all don't take the same journey. So the fact that you're wanting to educate yourself means a lot. So thank you for that. Um, like we said earlier, I'm 31. Um, I recently came out as transgender within the last, um, what? 15, 16 months ago. So I didn't start my journey until March of 2019. So I'm 31. I waited quite a long time to to go through that journey. But um, my story started out much like anybody else. Um, Grew up, I was always the tomboy growing up. Everybody came to our house. I played sports, didn't dress the part of a girl, didn't play with Barbies, didn't do my hair, didn't do my nails. Like I was hardcore, just a tomboy. Um, Played basketball my entire life. Uh, softball a little bit growing up and I'd say I knew pretty early on that I was attracted to women Um, third grade is like my most vivid memory of being attracted to somebody of the same sex or somebody that used to be of the same sex Um, I still find her attracted to this day and ironically enough she's a lesbian and Brooke's giving me a look right now, so we're not going to talk about her. <laughs> Brooke's like, I'm not here or nothing. <laughs> not going down that path. Yeah. Shranker. So, Shranker. Just kidding. Wow. Just kidding. Um, no, I ended up coming out. I guess I have two, two coming out stories. Um, I came out as a lesbian. Um, junior, senior year of high school um, was something that I toyed with for a long time. And... Uh, I was kind of honestly outed by somebody else. Uh, I wasn't out to my family and I was very seldom with who I chose to be out to, but I actually got caught uh, kissing my girlfriend at the time in the Wendy's parking lot by the superintendent's wife. 
so I wasn't like hiding it very well apparently but uh growing up you know being a lesbian and in high school kids are cruel and I think it's a little bit more socially acceptable these days um I graduated in 2007 so about 13 years ago and I feel like today's generation although equally as cruel it's a little bit more accepted and talked about than it was even 13 years ago um from then on uh my story is a little bit different so i've been a foster parent i've had the title of mom and about 23 24 i realized that like being a lesbian and the older that i got just wasn't i wasn't feeling that vibe it wasn't who i felt like i was and i couldn't picture myself um not only being a wife but being a mom and being all these things and i kept looking at my life in 20 30 40 years and I just didn't see myself as that person. And I started getting online and researching, you know, what this could mean. And at the time, Instagram was just really starting to become popular probably about six years ago. And um, I came across other people that were transgender and most of them were younger. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of people even, I think I get a lot of messages in today's day and mind where, okay, you're 30 years old, 31. Um, do you feel like there's anybody else out there like you? And the, the story is, yeah, there's tons of us and maybe people aren't as open with their story as I am. Um, and maybe that's part of the reason why, you know, I like to share as much as I do. Um, but recently within the last two years is when I really came out to my family um, and just kind of said, you know, I know this is a big secret and I've held on to it for a very long time, but I just can't do it anymore. Um, I can't worry about what you think or what you feel. and the feeling of like disappointing your family or being an embarrassment or a burden um, was something that I carried for a very long time. And it just got to the point where it was so heavy and I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I told my family <laughs> about a week before I started um, my testosterone injections um, in March of 2019. And it, honestly, it took them a, a really long time. You know, we're only 16, 17 months since then, but it's taken them honestly to this day to still kind of get used to using the proper pronouns and I'm not great about correcting them I think that they're going to come in their own time um, but going from Andrea who I was for almost 30 years to my family to be an Alex is something that they really really struggle with um, and to this day to call me Alex is not something that they do often um, if ever so it's kind of where we're at with today's day in mind and just I think the biggest thing that I can tell everybody is just to have grace. Um, it's something that'll come with time and um, not to push people along. We all come in at different phases. And if you're just honestly, you know, giving your time or your family time to grieve, uh, it could go a long way. Yeah, I really, um, I really like, like that. Like, I appreciate you sharing all of that. Um, how does it feel like when your family calls you Andrea? Like, does it, does it almost feel like a, like a completely separate person? Like, I feel like after a while you just be like, who, you know, like who, yeah. who, like, who are you talking to? Like, that's not. Yeah. Growing up, ironically, like I hated my name and I couldn't really put two and two together as to why, but I hated it. And I think as I came out to be transgender, it made more and more sense that like, I hated that name because it didn't reflect who I was. And growing up, 
I gave myself the nickname Nunu when I was like about two years old, maybe a year and a half, two. Uh, my grandparents called me Annie and I couldn't say Annie. So I said Nanny and my middle name was Nicole and I said Nunu. And I worked with my grandfather for about 10 years um, up until 2018. And still to that day, he would call me new, like in the office. And so I think the biggest thing for me with them is that like, you don't have to call me Alex. You can call me new. You can call me what other, other, whatever other nickname that you prefer. Um, just drop the Andrea. So when it's hard for them to say that, I appreciate them just saying anything other than that, but it's, it's definitely hard to hear. Um, Brooke and I recently bought a new car and to go through, I've not legally changed my name. And so when you have to hand somebody your driver's license or go through that type of dead name situation, um, that's also hard. Yeah, I bet. Um, wow, I can't even like imagine. I was going to ask. Oh, wanna... oh sorry, go Brooke. Go ahead, Brooke. And it's, and like, even like as a partner, it's, it's hard for me to even wrap my head around like this is your child and regardless he she whatever as long as he's happy and he's healthy it's even hard for me sometimes like I have to like bite my tongue because I just don't understand like how do you let that slip like he's been completely vulnerable and upfront about all this stuff and to me like my parents <clears throat> knowing him and I'm sure we'll get into that later but they've only known him as Alex, but they know that he is trans and we've had the conversation and they never slip up one time, not with pronouns, not anything. And I don't know, it's, it's hard because when it happens, it's, I mean, you can just see it all over his face. It's just, it's just almost like just lack of respect almost. I yeah. Think. It's a punch to the gut for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uncomfortable. Like, there. it's like yeah. the second it slips out you're all just like uh it's like you get like I, sometimes I'll even like get a knot in my throat and I'm just like how like how so while we're on that page if Allie for instance if you would say she or her or whatever instead of he him pronouns like in that situation as soon as you catch yourself it's best just to correct yourself like it's going to be awkward either way but for anybody out there that you know they they say the wrong pronoun or say the wrong thing just correct yourself in the moment move forward it doesn't have to be a topic of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, so you, so you're talking about like your family dynamic in mm-hmm. how this process has gone and, and how they've kind of adapted to it. But if you don't mind me asking, how, how did they adapt when you initially came out to them? Brooke, it sounds As a like, lesbian? Yeah. It sounds like, Brooke, that your family was a little bit more accepting maybe if from, from what I'm understanding, but how was it for the two of you from just overall coming out as a lesbian? Well, so I waited a lot later in life uh, to come out as well. I think I came out when I was 28, 27, 28. Um, and I had like, I had dated guys before and it's like when you, <laughs> I can't remember exactly. I, I was young. Like, I can't remember that moment. It's like you're a little kid and you're like, looking at other girls and you're thinking like dang she's cute but you just know that like something is different and I think for me my parents are <clears throat> much older like my dad is 75 and my mom is 65 so I was just scared 
shitless to even say anything to them because I don't I had no idea what they would say um I was dating a girl at the time and they had never like met any of the girls that I had dated um they had met a couple of the guys I had dated but I had not dated anyone in a while and then I started I came out to some of my friends and like tested the waters with that and that went great and then I was dating this girl and I just kind of wanted it to be like a very controlled situation so I wrote out a letter I think it was on Easter which (laughs) probably not the best day to get give a coming out letter but um I left it under my mom's doorstep so I could like get home and like tell them where it's at and then I know that either shit's about to hit the fan or you know how this is going to go and I told my mom that like I wanted her and my dad to read it together he was already asleep and she obviously couldn't wait but like the response that I got back was like we don't care we love you either way like I'll let your dad read it but it's it doesn't change how much we love you we just want you to be happy and so then I was like well now the cat's out of the bag like everything's gonna be great we'll just keep it rolling me and that girl ended up splitting up I dated a couple girls after her and then Alex came along and so it's like I came out and it's like okay I'm a lesbian I'm gay I'm like living my gay life and then Alex comes along and then it's like okay well now we have to like come out again in a different way and it's almost kind of like I kind of felt like it was a like backpedaling almost you know what I mean <laughs> so um but it was the same thing with him like as long as he makes you happy and he loves you and he's good to you nothing else matters and they have just been nothing but supportive absolutely amazing from day one so it's hard to like see how accepting and like how gracious like my parents are through this whole thing and then on his side to know that like they still struggle and it's just I don't even feel like it's like equal effort at all no but I think it goes back to the fact of your family only knows me a certain way yeah for 30 years my family knew me as Andrea they knew me as a lesbian where that was not something that you know I tried to hide because I had been with women and even married to somebody at some point married to a woman Um, so they knew me as this certain person and they had come to expect certain things and I go and flip the script and I think it's it's much like if you're a parent and I can't imagine being a parent and having one of my children die. Like, I just, I can't fathom that. Um, But if you read some of the blogs and some of the things online of parents who have transgender children, it's kind of what they go through. It's almost like a a death because even though I feel like I'm still the same person, I'm just more authentic version of myself to them. It's not, you hold your baby in the hospital. And this is something that my mom has said to me is that you hold your child in the hospital and you never picture that that little girl is soon going to be your son or your your grown son. And so it's very much a a grieving process. And as much as I can be irritated um, and as much as it hurts me, I really try to see both sides of it. And, you know, there's a lot of people in my situation who wouldn't, who get frustrated and they get upset and that kind of just creates this rift between them and their family and they distance themselves even further like at this point it's better for me to have my family than not have them at all even if we can't see eye to eye on those things I think I okay so (laughs) 
I am a big ally. Like, I love this community, like, more than life. So, and I've always said that for, for me, I couldn't imagine that process. And I think it's, like, really, <laughs> I think it's really strong and on, on your part, the fact that you do try and, and see perspectives because I've had friends in the past where they're not even on talking terms with their family, like in any capacity, like their family has just written them off, you know, and they, they're not part, they don't, they're not part of a tribe anymore, you know? And I've always said, I I couldn't imagine that. And the fact that you try to see their perspective, I think is like a really big testament to how much you do care, you know, and how much you do love, you know, because it's at the end of the day, it's like your decision, right? Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. your life. And I'm sure that this process for you has been mentally and emotionally draining, you know, because you're going through, like Ali said, a massive, massive metamorphosis, you know, in every aspect of your life. So everything I'm about to ask, I want to preface with like, that's incredible to me because a lot of people I feel like they they wouldn't try to see perspective um that would be in your shoes and and that takes a lot of courage um but I was going to ask you know all that to be said given given the dynamics has there ever been a time where you've kind of second guessed your decision like was this the right decision for me you know I have this dynamic with my family now where it's like not not t- treading on eggshells it's not the right word to the way to describe it but like you have this riff almost has that ever made you regret the decision to go through a transition absolutely not um it's one of the reasons that i waited so long to come out as trans you know i first discovered it like 23 24 and i was almost 30 by the time i i took that step and it was honestly just that fear of disappointing. I'm really close to my grandparents and my grandparents are about Brooke's parents' age. And um, I grew up in a very uh, religious family. You know, we went to church on Sundays and Sunday nights and we would go on Wednesdays and eventually just got to the point that we were going on Sundays. But my grandparents are some of the most religious people that I know, but they're honestly the most loving. And I'm closer to them than anybody else. And that fear of letting them down was something that weighed very heavily on me and it took a lot for me to be able to tell them but coming out and just being happy with me ultimately played more of a role in in anything than than just staying in the closet and um, you know I had waited so long to do this but ever since I came out I can tell you that I'm more me than I've ever been Um, I'm happier I'm healthier both mentally and physically Um, I used to go through I'd call them almost depressive highs and lows where the simplest of things would set me off. And it was more so like I could snap theoretically on Brooke for just about anything that she did. And it had nothing to do with her. You know, I'm sitting here fighting this inner, inner demon and this inner battle. And rather than just be able to say, you know what, I'm upset because I want to be this person and I can't be, I would twist it around to something else. And ever since I started living authentically for myself and, and being Alex that I've always wanted to be, there's never not once been a moment of regret.
I'm low key getting emotional in case you guys can't tell. I was like, I was do you not know she's on mute? <laughs> do we lose her? No, I'm 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 trying to try and keep it together. Because this is something that like mm, sorry, I'm not meaning to cry, but this is something that we talk about so often on the podcast. And it's like it's the ability to just be yourself, right? To, like you said, to live authentically. And like I said, I have had so many gay and lesbian friends growing up in my life, and I have never seen them any differently than what they are. And it always just weighs in my heart because I know that there are teenagers, kids that are going through these experiences, and they just feel trapped, and they can't, and they feel like they can't be themselves, you know? So, and it's so powerful when you are able to embrace who, who you are, you know? It, and yeah. that's something that we try and talk about on this podcast so frequently because, you know, things like social media, things like perception, you know, those impact our ability to just like be ourselves. And the fact that you were just like, you know, I'm going to take this and I'm just going to run with it because this is who I am. Like that is incredible. And that's something that even people that aren't going through an experience or any sort of kind of transition, that's something that people that are just living their lives can't do, you know? So it's like, taking the risk and, and learning to embrace that authenticity. It's like, it's so powerful, but it's like, it just makes me really emotional because I know that there's so many kids out there that just feel like they can't be who they are. And it's the saddest thing in the world because it's like, as much as we have come a long way as a society mm-hmm. and, and we have, there's still so much that has to be done. And it's like, and it, be that way like we're people like we are people you know just because I decide to love my husband doesn't mean that I have any more rights than you guys do for deciding to love one another you know what I'm saying like that concept blows my mind it blows my mind and it's like some of my some of my best friends my best friends in the entire world have been gay and lesbian people and they're just they just love you know they just love so much and they just are exactly what you said they're authentic and it just makes me emotional because like I feel like a lot of our listeners that's something that they really struggle with you know it's just being authentic to themselves and it's it's conversations like this that I feel like encourage people to take the leap of faith like I can't imagine how you felt feeling trapped like I I couldn't because feeling like there's this side of you that is your real self and you can't get to that real self like that's something that I will never understand, you know, but that's something that millions of people go through daily. So, and it's like, how, how do you feel like, how do you leave that behind? You know, like, how do you decide I'm going to detach from this? You know, that would scare the absolute shit out of me. Like we were, we were talking, Allie and I were talking and we were talking about name changes and I, I got married in November And it's the craziest thing because I didn't realize like how much I love my maiden name as much as I want to be this, the new name that I've, that I have now, which is Malcolm. But I was like, wow, like I have to leave an identity behind, like truly like detach and and move forward 
you know, to be a Malcolm now, which I'm so proud of. Like, I'm, I don't want this to be construed as not being proud of it, but it didn't hit me until going through the process of like, wow, I have to, I have to change. So it's like, uh, what was, I mean, I'm talking about a name change, but you're talking about an entire lifestyle. How did you start that process? Like, I wouldn't even know where to start with it because it's like, everything is ingrained in you. Like everything that, that you've been grown up to be, like that's ingrained in you. So how did you basically decide like, all right, I'm going to leave this behind and just be who I am. Like, what did you do? Yeah. So I don't think this kind of goes back to um, necessarily like, I feel like I'm still the same person. So I don't feel like I was necessarily leaving so much of me behind, but just kind of incorporating a new version of me like think of it as going through like a weight loss transformation or a fitness transformation like you're just letting everybody in on this other side of you and as simple as it is for me I think it's harder for other people um initially when I came out as transgender I had just started working um at my company in Cleveland and I was really close to the HR department thankfully and they kind of helped me navigate that with my bosses and for being a smaller company that's supposedly very close-minded and they think of things a certain way, like the amount of respect and um, openness that I received was just, it was amazing. And I think a lot of people don't get to experience that. Um, but I don't know. I think uh, I just look at it as just expanding for everybody else, like letting everybody else see the me that I've always saw and that I've only let certain people get to know. And uh, it's nice to be able to share that openly and publicly with, with so many other people these days. So, okay. So I'm from a very like conservative town and I had one friend who wasn't like open, openly gay, but it's like, we all knew you were gay. Like you, it wouldn't have been like a complete shock, but like, obviously no one was going to be like, you're gay, bro. You know? But I didn't meet, I didn't, like, nobody came out to me, like, personally um, until freshman year of college. And I remember it was, like, one of my first friends I ever met and ever made at college. And he was just, like, um, so, like, I have something to tell you. And I'm, like, what is it? I was, like, so scared. I was, like, are you sick? Like, do you have cancer? Like, what's going on? And he was just, like, I'm gay. And I'm, like okay. Like, I'm like, okay. Like that's, thank God you don't have cancer. Like I, the way he was like <laughs> prefacing this conversation, I was like, oh my God, my only friend here is going to die. Like I was so scared, but I was like, oh my gosh, like why, like, don't be scared to, to, to say that, you know, like, I don't care. I, I, I loved you when I first met you, which was three days ago. Um, and I love you now. And it doesn't matter to me. Right. And then my friend at UCF, she, she called me over to her dorm room and I like ran over there and I was like, what's going on? Like, you know, I'm like thinking the worst, like I go from zero to 100. I'm like, you call me, there must be a fire. So I get over there. I'm like sweating. Cause it's across campus. And I'm like, what's, what's going on? And she's like, I need you to come. I need to tell you something. And I'm just like, okay, like what's going on? And she like hides under her blanket. And I was like, this is not the time to play <laughs> games with me. What is going on? She was like, I like girls. And I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> like, I'm noticing a pattern here. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's super awesome. Like, I'm really happy that like you, you know, that you told me, but I was like, where's this fire that you freaking <laughs> called me over here for, you know? So <laughs> to me, to me and like, I've never looked at anyone and been like, ew, you're this way, or oh, you're this way. I'm just like, cool. Like, I don't, as long as you're like a good person, I don't care who you or like what you identify as, who you love, who you don't love, whatever, whatever. I'm like, if you and me are cool, like, we're good. You know, I, I, I don't understand like how it's such a big deal for other people right now. For the people that are like coming out, that is something that is a big deal mm-hmm. because they're essentially you know, like being true to who they are and which isn't like quote unquote the norm, right? Mm -hmm. So for them, that's a really big deal. And I can understand that. But for other people to make it more about them than about the person who's coming out, that is what irritates me like to my core. I'm like, last time I checked, you weren't quote unquote perfect. So I don't understand why you're putting so much judgment on this other person who has literally done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, just because they're not like you doesn't mean, you know, doesn't make them like less of a person or doesn't make them like not a person at all that have, you know, like with normal rights, just like you and me, you know, I just like, don't get it. And I'm getting hot and sweaty just even talking about it. Cause I'm just getting Allie's ready to fight someone. And I'm over yeah. here about to collapse with my <laughs> sob tears. I just like, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. And you know, um, Brian's best friends are both gay and, um, they're married to each other and they have another friend who is trans as well. And she became, um, one of the first, or maybe like one of the few, uh, Delta flight attendants. First. I thought she was the first. I thought she was too, but like that information may not have been super accurate. Um, but she she is either the first or one of the few Delta flight attendants who identify like who to them she's a woman, you know. Yeah. And I was, and you know, all of them like you know drove to Atlanta to you know for her little ceremony where she got her pin or her wings or whatever it is. And they were all there for her. And they were all like, you know, obviously like Brian Strait and like her two gay friends and then like the other um, friends that live in Georgia, like all of them were there. And it was just like this sea of people that were there to support her in this huge thing for her. And I'm like, why can't other people be like this? Well, yeah. I think, like, sorry, I not to- don't understand. I just, I, I don't, I don't get it, you know? Not to, not to jump in, but I feel jump like- in. I did jump in because this thought popped my head. Um, but I don't know. I And I could be wrong in this, so correct me. But Brian and I, I, I feel like it depends on the community you grow up in too, right? Which I thought, Brooke, it was really interesting. You said you were from Georgia um, because that's, that's the South. That's conservative, you know? So being yeah. gay in a conservative state, that's, that's already a lot like to deal with you know, let alone being gay and we're in a transgender relationship too. Like, like you said, you have to kind of reintroduce that to people and and have them accept, you know, your relationship dynamic. But in terms of me, like I, I grew up playing volleyball. I grew up playing volleyball and I'm Puerto Rican, you know, so Puerto Rican gay volleyball players, Allie, I am Puerto Rican. (laughs) 
I am Puerto Rican, contrary to what you think. But gay Puerto Rican volleyball players, like, that's that's everywhere. That's very common. Like, very common. So, growing up, even, even when I was in, like, elementary school, like, my, a lot of my close friends today, I grew up through volleyball. And we just bonded over volleyball and and it was always like this thing like I never saw it differently like I just saw that that's my friend you know yeah they're gay yeah they're lesbian that's that's just my friend you know and I feel like with Brian I mean he's a volleyball player too it's very common in the volleyball community to have gay and lesbian players in that community yeah we um Brian actually played in a gay volleyball league (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about this story. We, 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 went, this story. It's we so went to a tournament and it's NAGVUG. Uh, Na- I think it's National Association of Gay Volleyball Players. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know until we got there and I was like, it's literally oh, its God. own like, association. Like, it's cool. own. <laughs> and literally, like, th- that was like such a fun trip because they, they all like, just get I don't know they all just get it right I mean I had one person that was like bitch you want a drink and I'm like it's 9 30 like no and he opens his backpack and there's just like little bottles of alcohol in there and, he, and I'm like you know you're about to play right and he's like yeah but like this is perfect time and I'm like how though like aren't you gonna throw up like aren't you worried and he's like bitch no I play better like this and I'm like how though um but anyway anyway um actually Brooke I want to ask you a question um and forgive me if this is not right politically correct but I feel like we're friends we're better than friends we're more than (laughs) um okay so you identify as a lesbian right yes I did did okay I did Mm -hmm. okay so this is what my question was um so now that you are dating alex who is transgender so a man how do you just identify as straight now or or what does that look like i mean i i personally don't really like labels because i feel like it just like it puts everybody in a box and it's like super hard to like be like oh well i'm a little bit of that but like kind of a little bit of this like how would you explain your kind of transition if you will from like lesbian to dating girls to then now um being attracted and and you know being partners with Alex so whenever like Alex and I first started talking and I guess just to kind of give a little background of how we found each other um Alex slid into my dms on Instagram (laughs) And, uh, like, how long ago? Like, maybe? That was August of 2018. Yeah, he's better with dates and remembering It's the accountant in me. Yeah. So, we, like, talked a little bit then, but, like, I was still hung up on this girl that I had dated. It was just a very unhealthy relationship. We won't go down that road. And so, I just wasn't in a place to, like, even be open to dating anybody, like, I was hanging out with my friends, <clears throat> drinking a lot, and, you know, that was just a, a different a different time in my life, so we talked a little bit, but then I just kind of blew it off because I was scared, number one, 
um, and just wasn't ready to like dive into something like that. So then what, like a year later? May of 2019. Um, we were both doing keto and like, I don't even. It was keto that started the whole thing again. I guess. Like, keto brought you together. Yep. <laughs> so I don't even know, like, Alex doesn't remember how he found my page or whatever, but we started talking again. <clears throat> and so it just kind of like feelings just started happening and we struggled with it at first, I guess, like once we started dating, because it's like, how do we identify now? Like Alex had already started his transition before we were together, but it was still so new. Like he still very much like looked like Andrea at that point. <clears throat> and so we ended up, it was just long distance for a while on the phone, FaceTime and all the time and speed up, fast, you know, fast forward, he moves here and um, it was rocky at first because I think I was scared because like you, you come out and you're like, okay, I'm gay. Everybody's cool with it. I'm a lesbian. And so I'm just going to go live my lesbian life and everything's going to be great now. And then Alex comes into the picture and, you know, I obviously was attracted to him. Like our convert, I mean, everything about it was, was perfect. You know what I mean? And then I think I struggled with like what other people would think as would anybody, you know what I mean? And <clears throat> I think for a while it like that took a toll on me because the identity that you once knew, the way that you identified changed ultimately. Like, not necessarily overnight, but kind of in a sense, because it's like, okay, I had told myself that like, we go to every pride parade and like, I was going to have a wife and our kids would have two moms. And I had like pictured this whole life. Once you come out, it's like, okay, you're like living. And then Alex comes along. And again, like when he first moved down here and we were together like it I mean it was rocky and you know again it kind of goes back to like I was used to doing what Brooke wanted to do and that was going out and drinking with her friends and not even really like having to like have somebody else to consider so we went through a little bit of a rough patch there but um he went to Ohio to have his top surgery and with work and everything else like it just it didn't happen and I couldn't go and he ended up staying with an ex of his who is a friend of his and honestly that was probably like the best thing that could have happened is me not going because I'm the type of person that once I start like having feelings for somebody it scares me and then I normally push them away and so that's where we struggled for a little bit but when he came back it honestly was like the best thing that could have happened because I, when he was gone, I was like, Brooke, like you either get your head out of your ass and stop like pushing people away that are going to be good for you and not worry about what other people think and like truly let him in and see where this goes. Because if I don't, and we had not ended up staying together, I probably would. I mean, I know I would have, I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. And I think once I just let all of that shit go. Like it's either we're either going to work out, we're going to be together or we're not. <clears throat> um, 
and not caring like what other people think like I think for so long I was just stuck like I'm a lesbian and this is how my life is going to be but there's I've never dated anybody that's as good to me as Alex is and it doesn't matter if I don't I can't say that I'm a lesbian anymore like it's a fucking label you know what I mean like it just doesn't matter um and I think like once I wrapped my head around that and like really opened my heart to like let him in it just doesn't matter like it doesn't matter that we have to sit here and like identify as like a straight couple it's just me and Alex and I think once I wrapped my head around that it just everything just fell into place the way that it was supposed to yeah I was gonna ask did you get blowback from from your friends that still identify as being lesbians or essentially yeah they wanted to make sure that I didn't brainwash her essentially yeah so some yeah and I think a lot of that was the friends that I was hanging out with were like my party friends like let's go Brooke is like our go to let's go drink let's go do this and not to say that, like, Alex comes in and is, like, <clears throat> I don't know, like, telling me I can't go out or I can't do this or I can't do that. But, like, I don't want to go do that anymore because I have somebody that I want to spend time with that, and I'm not trying to get emotional like this, but I, I drank a lot to, like, cover up, like, not being as skinny as I want to be or like not being in healthy relationships and it's easy just to be like that go-to girl that like I'm the bigger girl I'm funny I love to go out and drink with my friends and so when that brook like started to go away a lot of them almost like questioned if Alex was like good for me and it really is the complete opposite like are those people good for me and I've had this conversation with Alex like multiple times and now it even ties into Allie because she's done a lot for me that like she doesn't even know but Alex like saved me because it was like a lot of drinking just to cover up like all of these feelings that I'm not skinny enough or you know, I've even told him, like, I just had settled that I was just going to be by myself, you know, I have my parents, and then being older, like, I got nervous about, like, when they're not here, and, like, I don't have anybody to be with, so I'm just going to end up being by myself, and I had, like, settled for that, um, until he came along, so I truly believe, like, surrounding yourself with people that, <clears throat> do better for you and like some of those people that I was hanging out with I don't really see them anymore and for a long time like that was kind of hard for me to wrap my head around but Alex truly saved me because if I had kept going down that road and drinking and driving and like doing all of that shit I honestly may not have been sitting here talking to y'all today um so that was probably a loaded question. I didn't expect to cry. Sorry about that. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, you just, you have to live your life for you and not worry about what other people think. And I think that was what a lot of our problem was when we first got together is I was just so worried about what other people were going to think 
and at the end of the day, like, <clears throat> it kind of goes back to, it doesn't matter if somebody's gay, or if they're in a trans relationship, or whatever the case may be, like, what Alex and I do doesn't affect anybody, but him and I, and, you know, him coming in at the time he did, like, <clears throat> I believe everything happens for a reason, and he saved me, and got me out of that niche of friends that I was with, and you know, even tying it back to Allie, like, she just, she does so much for me, and I don't even think she knows, but, like, this whole coaching thing, um, I believe that that's happening for a reason, too, so it just, <clears throat> there's a bigger picture in everybody's life, and I think that you just have to trust that what you're doing is the right thing, and you're, you're making the right decision. It's super, it's super interesting to me, the dynamics that shake out between friendships when you start getting your life together. Like it, it really is the craziest thing, but I mean, we've said it so many times on this podcast, like we are both firm believers that things do work out the way that they are meant to and things do happen for a bigger reason. And um, you know, listen, you don't have a better hype girl in your corner than this girl up here because everything that you're saying about weight loss, about your journey and stuff, I mean, she's been in the trenches with me for five, six years now. So, I mean, and it's crazy because like we're obviously two different people, but the same narrative and things that you were saying about your past experience and how you feel about yourself, it's like I've been in those shoes too, you know, and it's like sometimes you do have to move or let go of friends to move and become the best version of yourself. And it's like, it's surrounding yourself with people though that really do love you and support you. That's like really what helps make those changes easier, you know, and, and more yeah. and worth it, you know, cause a lot of, I mean, I've lost friends and I'm like, wow, like, is is, is it me? You know, like, is it, is it really me? Like, is there something that I'm, I'm doing here that they really like, just they can't stand me you know but it's it's not me like I'm I'm gonna do me no matter what you know and and I feel like with you guys like it, it's just so like it's so awesome hearing this and I know I got emotional but now I'm getting really happy it's like just really being yourself and embracing yourself is like that's just something that like we all really try to do and it's it's not easy um especially when like what you're seeing, Brooke, like weight loss and stuff like that. Like that's something that I have always struggled with. You know, I've always struggled with, especially because I have always identified myself as being a big girl. And I just accepted things for like the longest time because I was the big girl, you know? And it's like, you don't have to do that. You know, if, if being your, if being the best version of you means you don't have to identify as that anymore, then by all means do it, you know, as long as it brings you happiness and as long as it brings you joy, like that's like, what's the most important thing. Um, um, Brian is so loud. I'm sorry. He was in here like trying to get his clothes all silent and I was like, I'm on mute. And then you were like, Allie, do you have anything to say? And I'm just like, I'm trying to say something, but Brian is over here like being <laughs> stealthily loud. Um, but what I wanted to say is like, I've been where Brooke, you have been as far as like being like that go-to friend to like get drunk with and like have a good time with and party and party and party. Like 
which is part of the reason why I don't drink a lot now, even though like I just had two margaritas, but like I don't drink often because I have made so many poor decisions when I've been like obliterated. And I look back at that girl and I'm just like, oh my God, like who were you, you know? And it's just like, who were you surrounding yourself with? Granted, they weren't bad people, but it's like, we're all broken in a sense, right? And that brokenness kind of like sticks together. And if you kind of like pair up with a kind of like destructive brokenness, it doesn't, it doesn't ever like go in anyone's favor. And, you know, and, and I've been hung up on people and before and in the podcast, I've talked about a past relationship where it was just like so toxic. Like I didn't even know that I was willing to give up my like entire being, like everything that I've known to be me for this person to even consider being with me. And, you know, and, and, and just with friends, I mean, like I had like a mass exodus with friends last year and Natalie will tell you, like, I thought it was me. I thought I was like, what am I doing? Like, you know, part of it was me. Part of it was me being, um, like unhappy with myself, um, jealous, um, just being, you know, constantly comparing myself to other people and thinking that like, I'm not good enough and I'm never going to be good enough. And like, yes, I have Brian, but it's like, there's something wrong with, with me, you know? And, and it took me a really long time and I'm still trying to figure it out. Like what, who, who am I? And like, who do I want to be for other people? You know, I want to be that person that if you're having a problem, you can call me at any time of the day and I will be there for you. I want to be that person that anyone can count on. You know, I want to be the person that's going to tell you like, you need to get it together I've told Natalie that a million times. And the same thing, like when I, when we talk about coaching and when we talk about your health journey, Brooke, like, it's like, sometimes you just got to get it together, snap out of the, like the woe is me. And like, just start like believing in yourself and believing in your relationship and believing in who you are as a person and good. Like once you feel good and you are happy and you like things just happen for you. And they put you in a better place to continue on in your relationship and with the people that you surround yourself with. And I think like the better part of like a year or so ago, like I've been really working on myself and trying not to be this person who gets sucked into comparison. And, you know, and that's brought me like so many good friends, like you and Alex, you know, like you guys are really awesome people that I want to be surrounded by because one, you have different perspective and you're freaking good people, you know, like that's huge for me. I'd rather have like three or four really good friends than like 20 fake bitches. I'm sorry. Like I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I, I, the people that like left my life, like maybe they'll come back one day, you know, but I'm not going to sit around and wait for them. You know, it's just not, it's not, it's not right. And I think that's the beautiful part about life is it's, it's never too late to write your story or write the story that you want to write. You know, we come and go through so many phases and we go through so many different people that we meet, but it's never too late to end up where you're supposed to be. Whether, you know, it's coming out trans or starting a fitness journey or making new friends. Like at the end of the day, it's up to you where you want to be and how you're going to get there. 
Yep. Love that. Nat, do you have any, do you guys have anything else that you want to add? I mean, like you guys are living together. You guys have three dogs. Three. Three dogs. What, uh, Benny, Annabelle, and Sophia. Yes. Right. And you, what do you call her? Teen? Teen. Like, Tina, you fat lard, come get your dinner. Oh, God. Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite quote. Yeah. O-M-G. <laughs> he is She's like a, a little, condensed uh, version of Leo. Like, if Leo was, like, this small, that's yeah. what she is. Tina. She's my baby. She drives Brooke up the wall with her snoring and drooling and shedding, but she's my five-year-old little 42-pound baby. Oh, she's she cute. Her. Yeah, we got three dogs in a one-bedroom apartment on the third floor, so we're living the, the dream over here. <laughs> <laughs> nice and cozy. Um, yeah. I don't have any. They kind of, uh, This conversation kind of touched on everything. Um, in a, like a little bit like not directly but we touched on everything that I, I really wanted to ask but I think most and foremost uh first and foremost like we said already but like we really appreciate you guys coming on and joining us and speaking to us and being being raw and sharing perspective I mean we hope that we hope that the people that we bring on like give some insight into some things that people may be feeling but they just don't know how to like put words to it or you know or or we hope that like the stories shared give people comfort and knowing that they're not alone um and this is definitely a situation where that kids where your your story will speak volumes to people even if they're not like gay or lesbian or transgender or anything it's just being authentic to who you are and embracing that like that's really powerful powerful messaging and we really appreciate you guys coming and talking with us and and sharing that with us because that's something that all of us struggle with in some capacity and and we hope that this conversation encourages others to take the leap of faith and just just do them you know that's that's really what it's all about and um hopefully hopefully this inspires some people so but that's all i got ali um yeah do you guys have anything that you kind of want to leave off on if there's like, you know, maybe somebody that might be scared to like come out or they, you know, or they're like, maybe like, I, I want to like transition into, you know, the opposite sex or, or whatever it is. Like, is there any like last little bit of advice or whatever that you want anyone hearing this, you know, to, to get away? Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier. You were talking about uh, suicide and things like that. Um, the suicide rate in transgender youth is through the roof. And I think that oftentimes it's so hard for them just to be able to voice who they are. And so you never know when somebody confides in you, like Ali's college friends, like it took a lot for those people to be able to say that. And you never know when you come out to somebody, how they're going to react. And, you know, one negative reaction as shitty as this sounds could you know push somebody over the edge so mm -hmm. you never know how much you just being supportive and being there to be a friend or an ear or confidant um how much that really helps so um if there's anybody out there that is struggling whether gay lesbian bi trans whatever it is um send brooke and i a message you know we're always open for conversation and uh it's not always easy in the moment and it feels like you're never going to get through it. Um, 
but we can both say on the other side, the things that you go through to get to this place are, they're hard, but they're so worth it. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like kind of inevitable, like not even just coming out, but like you're going to lose people in your life and your people that you think are going to be there forever. Like, Oh, they're, I know this person's going to be supportive of me. Like, even if you lose those people along the way of you finding like your true self and how you want to live, you're going to find your people. And those people that you're losing weren't them. So I'm with Allie. Like I would rather have two or three best friends and have a group of 20 people that could give two shits truly about me as a person. So even if like you're scared to come out or you don't feel like you have anybody that's like in your corner or that you can lean on, like even if you have one person, that's, that's more than what some people have and just lean on that one person and you will find, you know, you'll find your tribe and you'll find your people that truly love you and want to support you and be there for you. And, um, you know, Instagram, I mean, you can, I mean, you can find anything on the internet now. Like I think back when, if there had been like so much access <laughs> when I was younger, I probably would have came out sooner. But, like, the only gay person that I knew was Ellen. Like, I didn't know it. You know what I'm saying? And that's crazy to think. Like, now you can go on Instagram and type in lesbian or gay, and it's, like, tons of people that you can reach out to. And, like, even just watching their stories and, like, how they live their life, it just makes it seem more normal. Mm -hmm. And, um because it is, I mean, me and, there's nothing any different than how me and Alex are, than you and Brian, or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, never know what can happen until you slide in those DMs, folks, <laughs> ultimate takeaway, slide in those DMs, send that message, <laughs> and that's the episode, right, <laughs> all that to be said, you guys, main takeaway, if that's you want awesome slide into someone's dms and go for it because the the reward is worth the risk <laughs> um okay so where can our listeners find both of you on insta so mine is just brooke b-r-o-o-k with an e underscore person b-u-r-s-o-n and mine is Sorry. <laughs> Mine's authentically underscore Alex 33 A-U-T-H-E-N-T-I-C-A-L-L-Y underscore A-L-E-X 33. Awesome. Well, I appreciate both of you taking time out of your Sunday to come and record with us. Um, and Natalie, thank you for being here. Your camera working again. Yeah, this is um, just so you guys know, we're always faced with technical issues. So the fact that like you the guys- one time we weren't, so I mean, <laughs> it was meant to be. Um, so thanks guys for tuning into today's episode. As always, you can find me at, oh my God, what's my handle? Oh my God, unapologetically Allie <laughs> and uh, Natalie at it's just me dot Natalie. And you can find the podcast at my not to balance life on Instagram and Facebook. We release episodes every other Tuesday at 5 a.m. Um, I don't know if you have any ideas for upcoming episodes, let us know. Anyone you'd like to have on the podcast, also let us know. 
Um, we have a few lined up for the coming weeks. But we hope you guys have an awesome week, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.